Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good morning. Desperate hours. The search for survivors in the wake of that historic outbreak of December tornadoes enters day three. Nothing that was standing in the direct line of this tornado uh, is still standing. Communities across the South and Midwest left devastated. Dozens feared dead, a toll certain to rise. The National Guard brought in to help with rescues as families pray for a miracle. And survivors pulled from the rubble share their stories. I had a savior, I don't know who it was, but he lifted a concrete wall off me. We're live with complete coverage. Grim milestone, the nation tops 800,000 COVID-related deaths, while new cases climb higher from coast to coast. Health officials imploring anyone eligible for the vaccine or a booster to get it now. We have the tools to protect ourselves. And mask mandates return for millions of Americans today. Breaking overnight, stunning new details from the trove of emails handed over by former Trump Chief of Staff Mark Meadows to the January 6th committee, including one message claiming the National Guard would be there to protect Trump supporters sent the day before the riot. The latest on the investigation and the standoff over who will testify. Who will it be? Time ready to reveal its person of the year this morning. We've got its editor-in-chief with us live in the studio. Those stories plus big shocker. Peloton strikes back, taking aim at a major plot twist in the Sex and the City revival with a new ad. Should we take another ride? Just ahead, how it all came together with the help of another star, Ryan Reynolds. Today, Monday, December 13th, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie. And Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to today. It is good to have you with us on a Monday morning. It is even better to have Hoda back. I'm so glad to be sitting next to you. I can't even say, but we do have a lot to get to this morning. We do, yeah. unfortunately. Some sad news. This unprecedented tornado outbreak, the damage, catastrophic. Entire neighborhoods and businesses have been destroyed. The governor of Kentucky says nearly 80 people may have perished in his state alone, and many, many more are still missing. Yeah, the before and after images, they are truly shocking. Shocking. This is the Mayfield Candle Factory prior to the tornadoes, and that's what's left after they rip through. You can see how these storms have literally changed the landscape. And all of it comes, of course, with questions and concerns. How did such a powerful system hit so late in the year? Could dangerous weather like this become more common in that region? We've got complete coverage. We'll start with NBC senior national correspondent Tom Yamas, who's in hard-hit Mayfield, Kentucky, ground zero. Tom, good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning to you. We are in downtown Mayfield right now, and you can see behind me there is absolutely nothing left. This was the post office, and as you drive through this town, it's just like the governor has described, 
unimaginable. Everything is gone. In a moment, we're gonna show you video of one of these monster tornadoes, just one of them. But I wanted to show you what the force was like. You see those post office cars behind me? This is one of them up close. One of those twisters picked up this metal vehicle that probably weighs thousands of pounds and just tossed it around like a toy, crunching everything inside. Now imagine you're a family in your home, trying to face this tornado, trying to protect your family. It's incredible anyone survived. This morning, on the ground, a desperate search for survivors. The National Guard looking and listening for any signs of life. From above, the scope of the devastation staggering. It looks like a war. I mean, like it just looks like bombs went off. Entire neighborhoods gone. Homes completely leveled, bedrooms and living rooms torn open and exposed, and street after street littered with metal and debris. The night of terror starting with lightning-filled skies, revealing massive twisters. More than 30 tornadoes ripping through six states. Imagine all your furniture, all your belongings, everything in your house just all of a sudden just flying around you everywhere. This is the worst thing anybody can go through. To get a sense of what happened, look at these satellite images showing before and after photos of entire towns wiped out. There is no lens big enough to show you the extent of the damage. Nothing that was standing in the direct line of this tornado uh, is still standing. In Kentucky, the governor says at least 80 people were killed with many more feared dead. The Twisters, the most destructive in the state's history, with one tornado tracking more than 200 miles. Kentucky now under a state of emergency, with more than 300 National Guard members deployed. I mean, our little town will never be the same. In Mayfield, one of the hardest hit communities, the entire downtown is decimated. Inside this candle factory, one of the town's largest employers, more than 100 people were working overtime when the tornado hit. The building now flattened a mangled mess of steel. Hey, they got me out. Dozens were rescued, but the company says at least eight people are dead, six still unaccounted for. Tornadoes then moving east to Bowling Green, home after home reduced to piles of rubble. My house is still standing and there's so many that isn't. And in Illinois, at least six people were killed inside this Amazon warehouse when the roof caved in. We have transitioned to search and recovery. Uh, we don't expect that uh, anyone could be surviving at this point. In Arkansas, one resident killed after a tornado ripped through this nursing home. Back in Mayfield, survivors jumping into action to help others. Anybody here? Residents going door to door. Volunteer crews helping to clean up the extensive damage. Volunteerism, the what can I do, is what gives us hope today. Daniel Carr owns Carr Steakhouse, his family's restaurants, a staple in this community for more than 60 years. We got it close, finally, it's completely in shambles and gone. The steakhouse, which was evacuated just before a tornado hit, now a broken pile of memories. We're going to start uh, cooking in another kitchen in the community. Our restaurant's about our people in the community, not just what building we're in. The governor says every single historical building here has been destroyed. People are talking about rebuilding Savannah, but that is still so far off. There is nothing left. There are still people possibly trapped and thousands with nowhere to go. Savannah. 
Tom, thank you. And joining us now is the mayor of Mayfield, Kentucky, Kathy Stewart Onan. Madam Mayor, good morning to you and our, our deepest condolences. Thank you so much. Where do things stand this morning in terms of the rescue and the recovery there? Um, this morning, uh, I don't have any number. I don't have any hard numbers for anyone today. I do know yesterday, after meeting with the governor, that possibly the numbers from the candle factory aren't as grim as we first thought. The problem there at first was getting an accurate number of how many people were actually at work that night. So hopefully today we'll get firm numbers from the candle factory. Yeah, the candle factory was definitely was devastated and we're so sorry to hear about those who've lost. I know that there are so many pressing needs for you and your community in this moment. I was thinking about the schools, the power, the water, so many things. Where do things stand in terms of what you need immediately this morning? We, we, our, uh, we, our water tower, we lost a water tower, so we have no water within the city limits. All the power uh, was cut just for safety reasons after everything fell. We have, so there's no power in, within the city limits. And the natural gas has been turned off because of so many leaks. So we have uh, no resources to that. We are so blessed with things people are sending to us. There's enough drinking water uh, accessible to the public and to all the emergency workers. But I, it's, it's the things that the other resources are gonna take a long time to be restored here. How is uh, the, the shelter in place situation? Because I know a lot of folks who did survive may not have power. It's yeah. been very cold there. How are you handling that mm -hmm. for those who need shelter? The, the first night they were bused from, uh, the ones that came to City Hall and the fire station were bused to uh, Mayfield High School which also had no power and no water. And they were then, we quickly were able by morning, mid-morning I think, to get them to some areas in the county. We have several small communities within the county to get them where there was power and there was water, I think. And so I haven't had any contact with them. I hope that this afternoon I can start to, to uh, get in touch with those people. Some of them were bused as well to a church in Lone Oak, which is in McCracken County. So they are, none of them are sheltering in sh set up shelters here within the city. Speaking of, of churches, um, you lost four churches in your community. And I was just thinking yesterday was yes. Sunday. And I wondered how everyone worshiped yesterday. I had hoped to get to a church uh, on the edge of town, which of course had no no other things that I just mentioned to you. But they, that church that church is intact, and and my church met with that congregation. I wasn't able to get there, but it it was so heartwarming to know that uh, we had been extended that invitation, and our congregation was worshiping with them. Last Sunday, the fifth. Um, we had what we called an Advent walk, and the three historic downtown churches, which are completely destroyed, the, my church, the Methodist, and, and we walked from church to church and had a service there. And after that service, so many of us commented about how what a wonderful way this was for all of us to worship together. Yeah. Yeah. Little did we know it would be the last time we did that, but we're so, so thankful to have had that opportunity, which will be in our hearts forever. Every Christmas, that's what we'll think of. Uh -huh. It, I, it's just such hard times there. Mayor, thank you for your time this morning. Our hearts are with you, our mm -hmm. prayers, and mm -hmm. hopefully you're going to get the resources that you need. 
I, I feel sure we will. I'm so pleased with what, what has come our way from our state and federal government. Wow. That's good to hear. Thank, Thank you, you, Madam Mayor. Thank you so much for being here. It's one resilient woman right oh, there yes. that we're looking at. Um, let's get more on the tornado outbreak and what triggered it so late in the season, which is a question now a lot of people wonder, like, why now? Exactly. Well, guys, unfortunately, because of a warming climate, this is what we're probably going to start to be seeing more of. This was a recipe for a December disaster. It was April-like temperatures on Friday afternoon, record highs into the 70s and 80s. And you go into that one area where those that tornado outbreak happened, we're talking 20 to 30 degrees above average and that record warmth was the main ingredient for this outbreak. And so, and what we're also seeing is now, unfortunately, an easterly shift to Tornado Alley, decreasing down from Texas, Oklahoma, on into Kansas, and moving more into more highly populated areas. And this winter warming has been continuing. Most pronounced warming is happening right where we saw those tornadoes, the Mississippi Valley on into the Northeast. And the problem with this, we talked about it uh, uh, on Friday, Friday, the increased warmth may be producing more severe weather days during the winter. And Friday, we told you these were going to be nighttime storms. And the biggest problem with that is that you cannot see these things. The tornado fatalities are twice as likely to happen, uh, to happen at night. Many folks are asleep. They're unaware of the warnings. Tornadoes are difficult to see in the dark. Now, the ways to make sure you get awakened, if you've got an iPhone or an iPad, put go to settings, notifications, government alerts. If you have an Android phone, advanced settings, emergency alerts, or you can download an app from the Red Cross Tornado app. You can download it from the App Store. But the big problem is, guys, that unfortunately, with this warming climate, we're going to see more and more of this. And from what we've been told by the uh, National Weather Service in Paducah, Kentucky, they have actually asked for structural engineers. So that most likely means that they're expecting this tornado that happened in Mayfield to probably be a high four or a low category wow. five. Oh, wow. Yeah, so okay. it, it, it's just devastating. Yeah. All right, Al, thank you. And yeah. you're going to be back in the next half hour and we'll have a conversation with a survivor who was miraculously pulled from the rubble of that candle factory. Yeah. And meanwhile, another major story this morning, the coronavirus from coast to coast. Cases continue to trend in the wrong direction and there are mounting concerns over holiday gatherings and travel in the weeks ahead. There is some encouraging new news this morning on the effectiveness of boosters. NBC Sam Brock's Miami with the latest. Hi, Sam. Good morning. Yeah, Savannah Hoda, good morning. Scientists in Israel now backing up what Pfizer told us last week, which is that boosters make a massive difference in protecting you against Omicron. This is the United States just crossed 800,000 deaths from COVID with far too many people still not getting vaccinated or boosted. On the precipice of the Christmas holiday, Americans are staring at a daunting COVID picture, nearly 120,000 new cases a day. Though the nation's health leaders making it clear the crest of this wave lies in our hands. We have the tools to protect ourselves. We have 60 million people in this country who are not yet vaccinated, who are eligible to be vaccinated. Now, more evidence boosters do break up the spread of Omicron. Israeli scientists supplementing data from Pfizer with their own study, finding a third dose offers significant protection against severe illness, while two doses leaves you vulnerable. That third dose even more effective against Delta, which has sparked a double-digit increase in cases in 40 states in the District of Columbia, including New Hampshire at nearly 70%. We are in a crisis management situation in New Hampshire. In New York State at 58%. 
the Omicron variant and the, the cold winter months are going to supercharge COVID and take us backwards. Starting today, all businesses in the Empire State that don't require proof of vaccination will have to mandate masks. New rules part of an all-out sprint to curb the rise of Omicron. Corporate America is already adapting on the fly. Facebook's Meta, Ford, and Google are once again delaying in-person returns after Lyft told corporate employees they aren't required to return to the office until 2023. At least half of all states have detected the variant, including Florida in Miami-Dade and in Central Florida's sewage. Previewing more infections with the booster, your best bet to stay safe. If you want to be optimally protected, you really should get a booster. New hospitalizations from COVID are also on the rise, up about 16% in the seven-day average. But if you look at total hospitalizations right now compared to a year ago, it's about half because of vaccines. Savannah, back to you. Sam Brock, thank you very much. Meantime, it is 716. Craig's on assignment, so Chanel joined us a little early. Hey, Chanel, good, good morning. morning. to you too. Uh, big news this morning between the investigation or the intense standoff between the committee investigating the January 6th insurrection and former Trump chief of staff Mark Meadows is continuing to escalate. This after a report released overnight alleges he said the National Guard would keep Trump supporters safe. Senior congressional correspondent Garrett Hake has that story. Garrett, good morning. Hey, Chanel, good morning. Yeah, this showdown between the January 6th committee and former President Trump's top aide is going to get ratcheted up even further tonight with a contempt vote planned for Mark Meadows. And this as we're learning more about his communications about the insurrection in the days before the attack. Overnight, the January 6th committee recommending a key Trump ally be held in contempt amid new revelations about his communications before the riots. In their report released overnight, the committee saying that former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows sent an email to someone on January 5th saying the National Guard would be present to, quote, protect pro-Trump people in the lead up to the U.S. Capitol insurrection. But on January 6th, Capitol Police were overwhelmed and the National Guard response appeared to be delayed. The committee now raising questions in their report over Meadows' text messages with state lawmakers about overturning their own election results, his communications with members of Congress about the vote count on January 6th, and a PowerPoint Meadows previously turned over to the committee titled Election Fraud, Foreign Interference, and Options for Jan 6. Meadows now refusing to cooperate with the committee. It's all about wanting clarity uh, under the law and, uh, and, and preserving that executive privilege that Donald Trump has rightfully claimed. It's all part of a larger struggle between the January 6th committee and one-time allies of former President Trump, who lawmakers believe hold key information on the president's involvement in that day. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. The panel says it also wants to know more about whether Trump was engaged in discussions regarding the response of the National Guard. An attorney for Meadows did not immediately respond to a request for comment. And the next big front in this war between the committee and the former president and his aides could be fought at the Supreme Court. Mr. Trump is expected any day now to ask them to block an appeals court decision ordering a trove of his White House records to be turned over to the committee. The committee believes those records could paint the most detailed picture yet of any White House involvement in the planning of the attack. Chanel. All right, Garrett, thank you.
All right, it is about that time where we should check out with Mr. Roker and see what kind of forecast we've got. Hey, Al. Uh, hi, hey guys, good morning. And we're going to continue to feel like spring in the Midwest. In fact, we are going to look at some temperatures that will be rising again. We'll do that in the next half hour. Sunny skies, eastern half of the country, but we are watching a big storm coming into the west that'll stretch from Southern California all the way into the Pacific Northwest. Again, we'll detail that coming up in the next 30 minutes. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Coming up, guys, much more from the scene of that desperate surge in tornado ravaged Kentucky as survivors who were pulled from the rubble speak out sharing their harrowing stories and remembering the friends they've lost plus the editor-in-chief of Time magazine will join us a bit later to share Time's person of the year but first this is today on NBC when you're hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's go. Let's go. It's 7.30. It's Monday. It's the 13th day of December 2021. That's Sparkly Tree. 12 days. One more shopping weekend to go, kiddos. We got Christmas <laughs> knocking on the door. Oh, that's a gift it? right there. What yeah. a beautiful sight. Mm -hmm. Hoda's back. We got Chanel with us. Hey, it's ladies morning around here. Yeah, sure like is. Plus Al. <laughs> Let's get to your headlines here at 7.30 on a Monday morning. The group of seven economic powers have told Russia to de-escalate its military buildup near the Ukrainian border. The group is warning Russia that an invasion would have massive consequences and inflict severe economic pain on Moscow. Russia's military escalation has dominated talks among G7 foreign ministers, including U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, and this weekend has been going on in Liverpool. British Foreign Minister Liz Truss says the group is, quote, considering all options. The U.S. Coast Guard has suspended its search for a woman who went overboard on a Carnival cruise ship off the coast of Mexico. Officials say the woman, believed to be in her 20s, fell overboard at around 3.30 Saturday morning. A passenger took this photo showing pieces of the balcony she fell from. It happened about 35 miles off the off Ensenada, Mexico. The ship is now docked back in Long Beach, California. All right, now we want to turn our attention back to this morning's top story, that historic tornado outbreak in the Midwest and the South. Yeah, and Kentucky families and friends are clinging to hope amid an ongoing rescue effort at the site of what's left of a candle factory that was just devastated. Many, many people were working inside when that tornado hit. NBC senior national correspondent Kate Snow is there. She spoke to survivors and families just reeling from the loss. Hey, Kate, good morning. 
Hey, good morning, Hoda. So when we got here on Saturday, there were fears that maybe as many as dozens of people might have perished inside the candle factory. All weekend long, the company has been really focused on trying to figure out who exactly was inside. Did some people leave? Find all those unaccounted for. And I can tell you that overnight, the company tells me they are now down to only six people unaccounted for, which is good news. Also good news, they actually rescued two people on Saturday afternoon, almost 24 hours after the storm. All that said, there are eight people deceased inside that factory, according to the company. And for those families, it's obviously heartbreaking, and some of them are angry. Mark Saxton is still in disbelief. I don't see how nobody can be okay after this. On Friday night, he was working the forklift, one of 110 employees on the evening shift at the Mayfield Consumer Products Candle Factory, when in a matter of seconds, a tornado brought the building to the ground. Chilling video shot in darkness by another worker shows a harrowing scene after it fell. Somebody please send us some help. We are trapped. Rescuers pulled Mark out of the rubble, but he lost family and friends inside. People were screaming, Mark, help. <laughs> Autumn Kirks and her boyfriend Joe Ward were working inside too. She was able to escape. I had a savior. I don't know who it was, but he lifted a concrete wall off me. But Joe tragically didn't make it. We spoke to her when Joe was still among the missing. He was within 10 feet of me in that hallway. The couple started at the factory just a few weeks ago, working to save for a house. Together they have eight kids. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Trying to be strong for them is the that's the only thing keeping me going right now is my kids. Denise Cunningham's 21-year-old son Devin was also working that night. She called him immediately when the tornado hit. He was alive but trapped. I called him and a girl answered the phone and all you could hear screams for asking for help. And my son couldn't get on the phone because he's trapped between those two walls. And it's, they're all screaming for help. All she could tell me was that my son told me that he loved me, that he didn't think he was going to make it. That co-worker stayed with Devin until rescuers appeared. She was down there holding his hand and trying to keep him conscious, and they opened up the hole, they got everybody out, and she thought he, they were going to grab him too, and then they just left him. Late Sunday, Denise learned Devin was gone. Given the weather warnings, she thinks no one should have been inside the factory that night. They knew it was coming. I am more than angry. I think that they should be held accountable for everything that has happened to these families, for my son. The factory's owner telling me the historic storm was just too fast and too unpredictable. If you knew the weather was coming, was there any thought to maybe suspending production? If we believe that we could do anything differently, you know, in hindsight, of course, I think all of us would do something differently. It's such a gamble to say leave, you know, because the last thing you do, it says don't get in your car. You know, that's what experts say. And Now he says they're focused on employees and supporting the loved ones of those lost. Every ounce of me and my family and our executive team are thinking about the families that right now are, are not waking up as fortunate as you and I. And, and that's where all of our focus is. The grief of those families almost too much to bear. Um, Kate, talk to me, though, about the factory. It was so busy that night, overnight, despite all those warnings. How come? 
Well, it was their second shift and it was their usual second shift, but obviously the holidays are coming. And I can tell you, this is a, a high-end, they make high-end candles uh, for places that we know, Hoda, like Victoria's Secret, uh, Bath and Body Works, and Costco. Uh, and so at this time of year, they had been hiring a lot. And with COVID, they'd been really seeking out workers, like a lot of companies have been. A lot of the workers were seasonal, though, and they were there just trying to make extra money before the holidays, Hoda. All right. Kate Snow for us there. Kate, thank you. Just so hard mm. to see the grief there. Uh, anyway, we'll continue to follow yeah, the story. Coming up next, we're going to shift gears and talk about Time Magazine's Person of the Year. That person will be revealed this morning. In fact, we're going to share that pick, and we'll talk about it with Time's editor-in-chief just ahead, right after this. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console console. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film The Aviators now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Welcome back. We are about to find out Time's Person of the Year and everything that went into choosing that pick. But before we talk about the big reveal with Time's Editor-in-Chief, we want to get a quick check of the weather from Mr. Roker. Hey, guys. Thanks so much. Well, let's take a look at what's going on out west, and we'll see that uh, we're basically looking at a big storm system coming in. Uh, we're watching heavy rain and snow that will be developing. Winter weather advisories and winter weather warnings making their way all the way to the Rockies. Hazardous travel, heavy snow, strong winds of gusts of over 45 miles per hour. Some places in the Sierra could see six feet of snow, lesser amounts as you move into the Rockies. That's good news for the snowpack. And they're going to get a lot of rain. You would say that's good for the drought. Unfortunately, all happening at once. Localized flash flooding possible from L.A. all the way into the Pacific Northwest. Temperatures today way above average. 53 in Omaha. Denver, 59 degrees. St. Louis, 20 degrees above average at 62. You can see records tomorrow for Des Moines, possibly for Springfield, Oklahoma City, Amarillo, Goodland, Pueblo, and those records will be threatened again on Wednesday for Minneapolis, Green Bay, Detroit, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Kansas City, and the states with those tornadoes, a tornado outbreak. Look at how much warmer it is going to be. So not a lot of great news for them, but we are looking at temperatures warming up from New York City, Raleigh, Atlanta, on into Nashville, and Little Rock into the mid to latter part of the week. And that's your latest weather. Savannah? All right, Al, thank you. And turning now to the reveal yeah. of Time's Person of the Year. Every year since back in 1927, the magazine has selected the man, the woman, group, or concept that had the most influence for better or for worse during the world during the previous 12 months. And here to share the big reveal, mm -hmm. Time's Editor-in-Chief, Edward Felsenthal. Hi, Edward. Good morning. Hi, Edward. Hi, well, before we, well, let's stretch it yeah. out a little bit. Yeah. Right. Is there a big debate right. inside the halls of time? Always. Yeah. Always. Uh, we start every year in the fall with a 
big meeting, all of our journalists from all over the world debating and nominating, and then we send out some reporting teams and narrow it down. So is it a straw poll vote? Like, how do you decide who's the, who, we, who do you pick? We have a committee and a lot of uh -huh. discussion, and at the end of the day, we, we come up with one. We poll our readers uh -huh. and people outside of time as well. And it's not like a Powerball lottery ball with <laughs> no, faces? No, no Powerball lottery. All right. Well, we'll let you do the honors. Who's Time's Person of the Year? The Person of the Year is Elon Musk. Okay. He is reshaping life on Earth and possibly life <laughs> off Earth as well. And, mm -hmm. and this is someone also who, in becoming the richest person in the history of the world this year, really speaks to the moment we're in, to this very complex moment in the world. Some people may look at Elon Musk, and he's got foes, too. I mean, he's a rich guy who's done a lot, but there are a lot of detractors. Fans and foes, yeah. legions of them. He's, you, you look at Tesla this year, his electric car company became the biggest car company in the world by far. Uh, electric vehicles now really in the mainstream, and that's his doing. SpaceX, his space company, is mm -hmm. the global commercial leader in space. NASA chose it to get astronauts back on the moon for the first time in 50 years. And as I said, we are in this kind of new gilded age where, like it or not, so much of our lives, even in this moment of incredible mm -hmm. inequality, are being shaped by these very wealthy mm -hmm. uh, tech leaders. We have a couple, of a new category, heroes of the year, who were? The vaccine scientists. Mm. Uh, we, we, as you say, Savannah, it's a new category. This is a unique moment in history. And we just felt, you know, the word heroes is something not to be used lightly. Influence, which is what we talk about a lot at time, is complex. It can be good or ill. These vaccine scientists have uh, done something that is really an unalloyed positive mm -hmm. in the world, changing yeah. the not only the course of the pandemic, we still have to get them distributed mm. through the world, but but also the future of medicine in so many ways. Well, it's so nice to see some of their faces for some of us for the very first time. Absolutely, and, and they, years and years of work standing on each other's shoulders. Two other quick categories, sure. which we love, athlete of the year and entertainer of the year, according to Time Magazine, so. We chose Simone Biles yeah, as our great athlete of the year. Yeah. Um, incredible, greatest gymnast of all time, and uh -huh. standing up for mental health at the Tokyo Olympics in such a powerful uh -huh. way. And? Olivia Rodrigo is entertainer <laughs> of the year, youngest solo artist ever to hit the top of the charts and letting us all be in touch with our teenage emotions yeah. <laughs> in a year when we really needed it. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. Times right. editor Chief Edward Felsenthal, thank you for coming by. Great Thanks. to see you. And we should mention Times 2021 Person of the Year issue is on stands this Friday. Still ahead this morning, we are taking a trip to Sesame Street, a new look inside the very beginning of what would become one of the most beloved and influential children's shows in television history. But first, these messages. Coming up, music legend Bono tells Jenna about his first mm -hmm. acting role and the songs that inspire him. Plus, on Pop Star, a milestone for Meg Thee Stallion over the weekend. After your local news.